This is the Mojo, the Meaning of Life and Business podcast, where life and business intersect. Hosted by Jennifer Glass, CEO of Business Growth Strategies International and BGSI Coaching. We are dedicated to your success. Welcome to another episode of Mojo, the meaning of life and business. For a lot of people, aging is one of those ideas that we want to think about at some point down the road. We want to think about, oh, we're not going to get that old so quickly. We've got so much time. It's like the conversation, are you buying life insurance? Are you not buying life insurance? At some point, everybody's got that conversation, just like they do when they create a will. But when it comes down to really thinking and pre-planning for when you are older, it becomes one of those important pieces that you really do want to be giving serious thought to because it is going to make a lot of difference in terms of what you can do today and the kinds of conversations that you can be having today as opposed to tomorrow when you don't know exactly how you are going to be in a particular position. And so I've got a really incredible guest with me today who is going to be sharing so many ideas and thoughts on pre-planning your aging process that you are going to definitely want to be reaching out to her. But before I bring my guest in, let me tell you a little bit about Christine. Christine Smith came in as part of the family, practically, to many people. She came in as a caregiver. And when you know caregivers, they really do become part of the family. They are there to help our loved ones through some of life's ups and downs. When it comes down to what it is that we're doing, though, our caregivers become even more important because they're really there to let us know, do we need to be paying attention to something else? Do we need to be seeing something else that's happening? And so Christine is here and has been an expert in the aging process, a geropreneur. I think that's one of her coin terms and something that you're definitely going to want to know more about and about her new book, that she is working on all about the aging process. So Christine, thank you so much for being my guest today. You're welcome. This is such a privilege and I do love interacting with you well, in various ways, sometimes through LinkedIn. Yes, thank you so much. So Christine, let me ask you, aging is one of those things, like I said, we don't wanna think about it right? We want it to be way down the road, but we know that there's some things that we need to be focused on and some things that we really need to be paying attention to. But you, I guess here, really the big thing is the book that you wrote to give the prompts on how to deal with aging. Tell me more about that and how uh, our friends who are listening can really start thinking more strategically and better about the aging process. I'm really glad to say 
the book is written and I've simply put it in front of people who study aging, but also they are business people who have advised me that though I have all the information, it's really important. It is difficult to find a boomer, a person in my age category that even wants to have more than a 10-minute conversation, let alone be faced with several, maybe a few dozen aspects, general and very common aspects of aging before they're going, you know, this is just too much. I, I really don't want to think about this, or it's a really unpleasant subject. Can we talk about this some other time? But all of those boomers would agree that up until the point where you start noticing that other people consider you to be older, or maybe you are the oldest person in the room, they would all agree that each part of their life, whether it was a relationship, maybe a new relationship, whether it was um, helping out as a volunteer somewhere, they want their business and the, the things that are part of their life, they, they've wanted it to turn out successfully. They've wanted to be informed. They've wanted to have some plans in place. They've wanted to talk to experts or someone who has some experience before they go on that big vacation. So all these things they've been planning towards, they have wanted to pre-plan. And then there's this word aging and everybody goes, you know, old is bad, new is good, young is good. That's what you want to aim toward. I don't want to aim toward this. But we all know it's not going to go away just because you avoid the subject. So I sure noticed that being an in-home caregiver amongst the people that were not my client, but were part of the family. And some of them had a more intentional strategy, uh, a, a way of planning for their own aging future. And others were saying, I don't, I don't even know where to start. It's all been about mom or dad. I, I don't know who to go to about this. I'm hoping I don't get old very soon because I need to take care of them. And that's why I started writing this book was for people who either want to avoid it or feel like they just don't have the time for themselves. So it is a prompted journal and it gives you a lot of ideas and scenarios and some things to uh, reward yourself after you've gone through all of the ideas that I give you there. That is a huge, long answer. Did I answer like three questions at once? (laughs) And it was the perfect answer. And it's really important to have those conversations like we were saying, because Mm -hmm. you want to do it at a time that you can really be there to express your wishes and not when your wishes are kind of not known or altogether ignored simply because you may not be in a position to have those conversations. And again, like we said in the introduction, it's really all about having that uh, awkwardness earlier 
even if it is a little bit awkward, simply because you know that what you're doing is going to be exactly what you want. A lot of people even figure out their own funerals and not to get morbid here, but I mean, they figure out exactly what to do. And um, we know as an example, the royal family, the queen and um, the prince consort, their funerals were planned out long before they even passed so that they had exactly what their wishes were at mm -hmm. the time when it was going to happen. Some presidents have also pre-planned that final goodbye. And so there's a lot that happens when we are in that position. And so, Christine, it's great that you are there to really be giving people that tool to allow them to have these conversations. So thank you. It's likely that you will do a lot of living before it is end of life. There will be a lot of changes in the way that your relationships um, dance. I'll say there's a dance. You've always been leading the dance. You've always been whatever, the matriarch, you've always been the one in charge. And there is a change where someone else says, I see them as vulnerable or needing help making decisions, or they just don't know what's available today because the way things were 10 years ago seems to be good enough. And there's a point at which other people think, I know what's better for you, my aging loved one, or my friend or whatever, you know, and that's, that's why I feel that right now I'm 62 years old, and I'm not hitting giant issues of aging, but I know that they are going to happen. And I plan to talk with a friend, oh, this Friday night. And when we get together and ask that person, you know, to have a short conversation on aspects of aging, it's really easy to ease into that conversation through talking about your parents, because you see them as aging. But here we are in that boomer era. And to, and to talk with them and to document, to communicate, and to even practice how I want a general aspect of my aging to go. In other words, what's emotionally important to me and who is emotionally important in my life. So a friend, someone who means me no harm and hopes the best for me to know my wishes on just a part of living as I age. She's about 10 years younger than I am. And I consider that perfect. And she cares about me and what I say. So I'm going to be intentional to bring up one of the aspects of aging, one of the issues, and let this person know if this was happening, then this would be most important to me emotionally. And would you be willing to step forward on my behalf if I was unwilling or unable? Uh, you know, I just didn't have the capacity in the moment. I'm not dying, I'm living. I just don't have the capacity in the moment. Maybe I don't have the emotional capacity because I'm going through something really tough, like a diagnosis or a death in the family. But this person would step forward for me 
in that situation and the situation could be, is it time to give up driving? It could be, I'm feeling disregarded because of my age. It could be, um, I'm seeing my, you know, younger siblings aging and they seem to be aging ahead of me. And I'm worried about what's going to happen to them. And it's kind of freezing my life. And this person would know, Hey, are you going through that? What we talked about before. So I would actually be practicing communicating about what's important to me. And that's why there's a lot in those pages, because I give a bunch of scenarios where you can find yourself. You can say, now that would be important to me. It always has been my, my image in the public or how I'm relating to my kids, or it could be the most important thing to me is that I'm not going to cling to my stuff when it's time for me to be moving into a situation where I'm assisted by others and I won't be clinging to all of my knickknacks. Maybe that is the important emotional thing. There's just so many things that I've seen through the years that are really common from home to home to home that are, they cause a lot of consternation if you're having to talk about it during the crisis. But if you talk about it ahead of time, it is awkward. It's odd. But if you've got a template and the other person can see that template, that gives them the opportunity to say, wow, when I get to this point, I think I would be different than you. I think this would be the most important thing. There's the encouragement. Communicate that to someone who cares about you and reward yourself. You know, give a, do an action that starts that great habit in the future of saying, wait a minute, I can talk about getting old and look, I'm still okay. It was awkward, but I made it through and it's getting a little more normal to be valuing other people and giving them instructions ahead of time on what doesn't need to be <laughs> decided by them to just let them know this is, this is where I need your help. And this is where I don't in these situations. And they are very general and very common and pretty much happen to everyone. If you live long enough. And these decisions are things that can be revisited at any point in the future. You really need to, because it's not a, a good habit if you've done it once and you said, good, check that box and toss it aside, you want to go back because that person may have moved away. They may have become emotionally distant. They may even be um, into maybe early dementia at a point that you didn't expect. And here you are still able to make your own decisions. You need to choose someone else to be your, your delegate, your person that you practice communicating about these, these um, challenges or um, things that people would expect if they simply knew that's normal. That's normal about getting older, the way other people react to you and the way you react 
to other people as you age. And so let me ask you on a different but related note, the term geropreneur that you came up with. So tell me more about that and how that relates to what it is that you are doing. As I've been skating around on the links, you know, just meeting so many fascinating innovators, people who are coming up, they're either creating books or they're creating technology or they're creating um, a, a coaching spot that was a gap that they could see that others don't realize why, you know, like a big crack in the sidewalk and you're tripping and you're tripping and they've been able to fill that in with um, some sort of um, book or a service to people or an actual physical product that you can purchase. And it's like, oh, if only I had this years ago, or if only my, my dad had had this. So I'm finding these people and they're in my age category and better. They are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, hundreds, and they're coming up with a benefit to people who are entering the years that are senior years, which, gosh, what have I been calling it lately? Persons of longevity. So it's just, it's like, do you want longevity? And it's like, yeah, that's why I've been trying to be healthy and careful and you know, and um, planning for my future. So um, you would like to continue. So these people are at a point which in recent history might've been considered retirement years. And those people are creating benefits and making a business out of it. So talk about your second, third, fourth act. They're creating a business out of, Um, connecting these people or creating conferences, or they've actually made a physical product that is going to help so much with some of these issues of aging that almost seem crippling or embarrassing, or you just want to give up. And they're like, I've created something that makes that work better for you and for those who are kind of trying to either help you or they're interfering. It's kind of, how are you feeling about this right now? It's like, no, I have something for that. I've got that covered. And it's like, whoo, keeping my independence when other people think, oh, we've got to, got to swoop in and kind of make things better for my aging loved one. So these people are seniors who are benefiting seniors in a, some sort of business capacity. They're they're selling it, they're offering it, uh, people can get memberships with them, um, whatever it is, you know, there's, there have been even brand new um, kinds of walkers, if that's what you're needing, then this one actually has tech in it that senses how you're walking how you, you, you are positioning your body and gives real data 
to your doctor on how, how you're doing, not just tattling on you if you're not walking enough, but are, are, do you have a healthy body position and should it be adjusted in some way? And I'm like, that's awesome. When you find out something like that has been invented by a person who's maybe over 65, it's like, there's a Gerald Premier. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Because I might be um, benefited by that after a surgery or because of a condition or it could be a disease that's affecting my um, abilities. It could be neuropathy, whatever the reason that you would use a walker, somebody has invented one and they are, well, they, they might be inventing it for themselves as well. So that's what Gerald is, is somebody who's making a business out of something and they're already beyond this imaginary threshold but it's going to benefit specifically people who are also in the same demographic. Thank you. And so you really can live your best third third of your life that you can really do with the right planning. So Christine, let me ask you, how can people get the book that we're talking about? That is the hardest question because I don't have an answer for it yet. I've, I've been, okay. So the book is called pre-act your age. There's an old saying, Hey, act your age, not your shoe size. Apparently that changed a little bit out of my childhood. Act your age, not your shoe size, your shoe size meant, you know what? You are 17 years old, but you're acting like a 10 year old. So act your age, not your shoe size. Then Someone said, oh, that's changed. It was act your age, not your IQ. And I went, oh, that sounds like an ageism thing. You know, maybe your IQ is 100 or something, you know. And, and I thought, well, that's interesting. I, I missed that memo. But this book is called Pre-Act Your Age. So it's pre-planning, preparing for the emotional and the relational changes that will come as your outward appearance, the way that you interact with life causes someone else to think, do you need help with that? And no one's ever asked you that before. How are you going to deal with that in a healthy way and keep those relationships, not just keep those people liking you, but how do you plan ahead of time. So that person feels like, oh, they've got this. They've thought this through. They've taken care of some of those maybe medical, legal, financial things ahead of time, but also they've prepared themselves emotionally. So this is going to turn into some different iterations because it's like a, throwing a workbook at a person who hasn't been to school in a long time. And they might be feeling like if, if someone thinks I need to learn all this, well, I'll do it later when I'm more sedentary. I'm, I'm still kicking now to help people to want to start these good habits now and continue, as you said, continue going back and revisiting some of those decisions to see if they've changed. 
um, because your life is going to change and the people around you are going to change. So it's going to go through some morphing and it will become something a little more, a little easier to chew on called age rage challenge because people talk about road rage. So people get kind of like, don't talk about aging. So this is going to be an age rage challenge. It will be the same aspects of aging, but maybe not quite so academic so that you're, whew, okay, I dealt with that. And look, it's only been maybe a few minutes, but still giving them some prompts on, you know, spreading it out a little bit, you know, don't, don't just check the box and get on with it and forget what you wrote, you know, little, little things that you can do. So you remind yourself, Hey, I'm in charge of me, just like I have been my entire adult life. And this is going to be part of my adult life, the third, third of life. Um, And then I'm going to even make it smaller. So there'll just be small categories so that someone can go, okay, I'm I only have to deal with, forgive me if I sound sarcastic, but I've been told straight to my face that there is a fear of aging, a fear of talking about it, a fear of lying awake, worrying about your aging. And that doesn't match everything else in your life where you thought, I I've taken care of that. I've planned for this next phase of what's going to happen. I've, I've got my backup and my plan B and my plan C going. And so it's going to be like maybe only six of the aspects, only six of the challenges of aging so that you can go through it in, what did I get it down to about 40 days? So you can, so in 40 days, you can be like, I am fluent at this terminology of aging. I'm fluent at how I am going to, you know, just like people talk about their elevator pitches and stuff. If someone says, now, now that you're this age, do you think maybe and it's like, Hey, I have an answer for that. And it's your answer and you've already worked it out. So I'm going to, I don't know, probably call it something like, you know, uh, fluency 40 or something like that, you know, so that, you know, I know what I'm going to say to someone to assure them and also to let them know I'm still drawing my own lines. So I, I was challenged by a person right at the beginning of all this. She was um, in her early forties. And she said, make sure people know this is not planning for when you are in dementia, in um, a diagnosis of some sort of disease, or after you're dead. Make sure people know this is about living. Because I literally, it's, let's see, 62. So that's 31 years from now, I'll be 93. I easily could live for another third of my life. And what, you know, it's not just about avoiding the problems, but it's about what am I going to do with all this life that I have and all these innovations and all this, 
all this that I've learned from the past and can put into the present so that the future is actually better for other people and have real purpose in the third third of my life. So that's why I also call myself the aging enthusiast, because I think it, as you age, if you do it intentionally, you just get more and more enthusiastic. And I've known these people 96 years old, and they're still saying things like, I would love to be part of a think tank because I have so much experience and I know that people are still people and I could help them to balance their life and their business, just like I had to in the early part of being a parent and a business owner. And, you know, and I just think you're 96. I totally want to go to your, take your class or, or, you know, see your course online or something, you know, how, how fantastic. So I feel like I'm lucky that I got to meet people in their nineties and hundreds who were percolating a bunch of new things and, and tweaking things from years gone by and um, more than contributing, they were change makers. And I just don't want to waste all that and not have things written down where people can use them. So that's pre-act your age prompted journal because you don't just write it, you do something. And I give all the scenarios and suggestions so people don't have to think so hard. Thank you. And I believe that our listeners definitely got an incredible amount of value and food for thought in terms of how do they pre-act their age and do the pre-planning so that it's going to be a lot easier down the road when they do get to that point that they need those prompts to actually then be put into action. So Christine, how can people find out more about you? Hooray, that one's easy. The three words to remember, aging, better network. Almost everything about me and everything that I'm involved in and the books that I have written already are there as well. Agingbetternetwork.com. And I chose that because aging is living, continuous living, continuing to live. And I can't say the best because, well, that's, that's up to you or any other individual to decide, wow, that was the best, but it can be better. And it will be better if you pre-plan because you wouldn't go on your first vacation to a different culture with the attitude of, well, I'll show up and figure it out as I go. You would have a better um, experience, but you would also have a better opportunity to really know the culture that you were going into rather than relying upon other people. I don't know how, how do you even speak this language? How do you buy things? You know, where, where is what I need? 
rather than relying on other people, you would have that knowledge ahead of time before you went into another culture for a vacation so that you could say, I prepared for this. Oh, look, I've got that covered and I don't need to rely on other people and just say, ah, they'll take care of me when I get there. Um, That's more the way us boomers have lived anyway. We've been very, very independent, very, you know, seeking for, you know, how can I do this outside of a box? And so um, agingbetternetwork.com is my resource website where you can find what I'm writing, who I'm talking to, people who have innovations and inventions and even information that is going to give you a much better opportunity for emotionally, relationally with other people, and also probably keep you safer and healthier and, and up your happiness factor. Because it's like, I didn't know someone invented for that. I didn't even know that was a possibility of a problem. I'm better informed now. Um, That's not scary to know about these things ahead of time, because the people that I knew, the people that I was serving, the people who were, um, had been alive for a century, they were just so glad that they had pre-planned for some of these stages earlier on, because maybe they were the first ones in their family to even reach the age of 78. And they knew, hey, I've got to pull up my own bootstraps and make sure that I've got some things in place and make sure that I state my opinion on things because it looks like I'm going to be here for a while longer. So um, they were my teachers and they, they were my inspiration for what I've written so far and what will be out, I hope, really soon. I think it's my fear factor to release this and um, wanting it to really be um, more than helpful, but really, really usable and um, make a difference for people, for everybody in my demographic. Putting out a book of your own is like birthing another child. It is something that is extremely personal and emotional in terms of what you're doing, not to mention the physical aspect in terms of putting it out there to the world and having all of your thoughts and energy and everything on paper. And so it's completely understandable, the hesitation, but when you can see it and people are going to be feeling better, having those prompts, having those pieces of starting points that they can work with, it's going to show you that your time is that much more valuable that you did put into it and that they are going to be getting out of it because the more that they can do, the more that they can pre-plan, the more that you can ultimately benefit. And you're benefiting because you're helping all of these people and their families figure out something that they really need to be doing. And so like we spoke about when we spoke a couple of times ago, 
looking at those organizations that do cater to those parties, to the, that demographic, looking at the attorneys that specialize in the wills and estates, things along those lines, are great partners to be helping you as well. And you know that ultimately it is going to be a major benefit, like I've said, to really so many countless people across the globe because age transcends nationality, transcends ethnicity, transcends religion and everything else. We all get old the same way. It's just how do we handle it and how are we moving forward? And so this is something that really can be a major benefit to so many people around the globe. You're helping me to get over the fear. Thank you. And that's what I want to do for other people. So if you're doing it for me and, and all those, they are worth it. A lady the other day said, oh my goodness, I'm helping so-and-so with us and such. Hurry up and publish that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get over it. I even know, I mean, we've already got the cover ready and everything. I should just let go of that helium balloon and uh, let it, let it do what, what it's going to do for people. And who knows, someone might come up with some ideas and say, Hey, you should do it this way. And I'll say, thank you. I will. <laughs> and that's the new and improved version. Right. Hey, now that some of you have worked with this, look, it's even better. Yes, it's the second edition. <laughs> That's the way to make it work. Thank you for your encouragement, Jennifer. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for being my guest. You're welcome. So as we wrap up our conversation on aging, it's really important to think, how do you bring this back? Even if you're not ready to be talking about the aging conversation just yet, if you're in business. We know that we need to be planning all the time. If you're in business and you're not planning, the saying goes, if you don't, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And so it really doesn't matter if this is for business, if it's for aging, if it's for life, whatever issue it is, we know that planning is extremely important and you want to have multiple strategies to help you reach your ultimate goal. So that way, as something comes up, you can quickly pivot. That means in your planning what you're doing for your future or in your business, think about what are those variables and how can you account for them? Perhaps it's also saying that you're going to have two people in your corner that you're having these conversations with just in case one predeceases you or does go into early dementia or otherwise is incapable of helping you. In business, it's making sure that you can figure out exactly where you can go with your pivots. It's having the people in your corner that are really going to be there, that are going to be your biggest cheerleaders and your biggest supporters, no matter what you're doing. Christine, you know, I am one of your biggest cheerleaders and I want to see this book and I know it's going to be an incredible success. So remember to check out agingbetternetwork.com and that information will be in the description uh, for the show as well. 
and connect with Christine also on LinkedIn. She's got some incredible information that she puts out and connect with her and tell her that you heard about her on the Mojo podcast. Let her know that this is really making a difference and that you're connecting because you understand the value of pre-planning. On that note, this has been another episode of Mojo, the meaning of life and business. And until next time, here's to your success. This has been another episode of Mojo, the Meaning of Life and Business podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review, liking us, or reaching out to us. You can contact us at bgsicoaching.com and let us know what you think. Thanks so much again for listening.